this podcast is a part of a special series of episodes dedicated to my debut album, Temple Calling, an album for your altar. 13 songs, 13 muses, a thousand sacred stories to resonate with you and with me. My intention for this album is to break your heart open to the truth of who you are. And this podcast series is an epic celebration of the women who inspired this dream come true. You listening makes you a part of that dream too. Welcome back to the Genius Portal Podcast. I'm joined today by my sister, um, the mother of my beautiful nephews, Elise, and Noah, who's our newest (laughs) and latest addition to the family. (laughs) And he really wants to be here about it. He just had a feed before this call, so for this podcast. That's okay. There will be lots of parents listening and um, they're going to know exactly where you're at. Well, that's okay. Thank goodness. Um, Elise is, Elise and I have known each other for a really, really long time. Mm. Um, We went to high school together and kind of stayed in touch, but then didn't. And then she fell in love with my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Shocking to me, right? Yeah. It was. <laughs> oh, darling. Are you still hungry? You just need a half time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are well, you happy then? <laughs> like, why are you talking about mum and not me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know I'm the centre of attention everywhere? Darling. Kicking us off with a bang, aren't you? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Hey, we have latched. <laughs> oh, and all is right in the world again. Well, it's very fitting. That you were our muse for Women of the Womb. <laughs> and we were just setting intentions before we started our call today. And Elise was referencing Noah as the fruit of the womb, which I thought was really beautiful, <laughs> poetic. And when we had our photo shoot, he literally was in the womb. Yeah. And we were, I think I was, what, 39 weeks? Yeah, we were living on the edge because we thought maybe you'll be pregnant. Maybe you'll be giving birth. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe there'll be a newborn. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear what the journey was like for you or what it was like for you being invited onto the shoot and your process of even saying yes. Like, were you straight away a yes? Were you tentative? Did you have to ponder it? Um, and, yeah, kind of moving from that moment through to actually being at the shoot what went on for you so when you asked me I think I actually said yes straight away which I surprised myself with (laughs) um I'd never done a photo shoot before other than like a tiny little one in 
the back courtyard of our old house and that was just for music so other than that I'd never done anything like that and so yeah when I was sent back a yes I was like what <laughs> what have I done um but no it felt like such an honor to be asked um and I was really excited too because I hadn't had any like maternity photos with our first kid so it was going to be nice to actually have something if it wasn't a, it wasn't a maternity shoot but yeah you know what I mean <laughs> um yeah I thought it'd be nice to have something to look back on um yeah so I was pretty nervous leading up to the shoot because I was like I have no idea what to do um or any of that but no it just felt really right to do yeah um yeah and then come the actual shoot I was so excited <laughs> super excited um and just happy that I was actually still pregnant because I did feel certain that Noel was coming early. By the way, I was horrendously wrong. <laughs> I mean, we were in our 30, 41st week before he came. So Yeah, because the shoot was on the 5th and he was born on the 19th. Yeah. 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 So that was another two weeks. We yeah. just didn't know. Yeah, exactly. We didn't, had nothing to worry about at all. Yeah. Um, Luke came along to the shoot as well because in case I went into labour, yeah. he could drive me back home um but yeah thankfully it was not needed do you just want your voice heard is that better (laughs) no it's our first baby on the podcast and i have zero issues with his sounds and you know all of that (laughs) i just think that's glorious the listeners will love it but what I didn't anticipate is that I would just yeah. stare at him <laughs> and forget to talk to you. <laughs> very easy to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you're that cute, you're very distracting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> okay, so coming back to the photo shoot, um, what was it like being a woman of the womb? Because it kind of, you say, like, you know, it wasn't a maternity shoot, but... It kind of also was, <laughs> like it gave me the opportunity to do that. And, yeah, what what was it like when you actually got into it? What were you, were you nervous about literally the photos? Were you nervous about the other women? Like what were you nervous about and then what was it actually like? I was nervous about just not having any idea what to do, how to pose, any of that stuff. I was like, I'm going to look like a potato. <laughs> what do I do? Um but no, that's where Addie and Sarah came in and they were so good um, in directing. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, ended up just feeling really comfortable. Um, I'm not going to say natural, but it felt pretty comfortable. <laughs> and, yeah, just getting into that woman of the womb. It, yeah. 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 <laughs> made me feel really beautiful and powerful, um, which... For those that have been pregnant, sometimes you don't really feel either of those because it can make you feel the opposite. But, yeah, that shoot really got me into that, which was really beautiful. Yeah, that's really cool. Did you feel um, any, like, ongoing effects from that? Like, do you feel like that feeling of beauty and your power stayed with you moving forward from it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think I was on a high for the next week after that (laughs) yeah me too I spoke to Addie yesterday 
no yeah it was yesterday and I was saying how I felt like I was just like having a trip for like five, a good five <laughs> or six days like I was just so happy and in awe yeah. I kept crying <laughs> I kept like seeing one of the photos and then crying and going that's my friend or like that's me I love it it was really really cool um what was it like meeting all of the women because you didn't know most of them before no I think I knew I either knew or knew of maybe half of them Mm -hmm. but yeah it didn't really know well um but that was awesome it was such a nice vibe such a nice little community there (laughs) um yeah no that was definitely one of the highlights was meeting and getting to hang out with all the women um yeah I mean I myself I don't have a massive group of friends especially since the last couple of years <laughs> um so yeah just being around so many incredible women was phenomenal mm. yeah yeah that's really cool shall we um go there the last couple of years <laughs> how controversial yeah. do I get <laughs> yeah what's been um What's been happening in your world that's made you feel separate from other women in your life? I got pretty lucky, I think, on, I mean, I already had a pretty small group of friends anyway, and it was more friendly acquaintances that with differing opinions, um, with various illness things, Um, I'll call a spade a spade with COVID Um, and yeah with differing opinions on vaccinations and all that kind of stuff a few more friendly acquaintances kind of dropped off which has not really been a big loss yeah yeah, but it also makes it harder because for a time there we couldn't actually go anywhere and meet people and all that stuff so yeah I mean we're pretty much out the other side of that now but yeah, you kind of notice lingering differences or people treat you a little bit differently or talk to you differently or not at all um, in some cases. But it's been good too, though. You figure out who is on the same page as you and Mm. who's not judging you. (laughs) I think it's one of the big ones. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I feel like on one hand it's been like this social cleanse because mm. um, we have very similar mm. beliefs and we both acted similarly throughout that time um, and I think received similar kickback or support from different people. Yeah. Um, and I, it was just like a, yeah, I just feel like it's this social cleanse and it, it's before we jumped on the podcast today we were talking about um, temple work and how when you come to personal development or you enter a temple and you go to a workshop or you go to a course or something you're expecting this like glow up Mm. (laughs) and sometimes it's more of a need to destruct the current (laughs) structures to then have your glow up yeah and I feel like in a way what the pandemic did and I'm not saying that I particularly enjoyed it or that I agree with it or (laughs) definitely not saying that but you know that happened and we 
the past is over, right? It happened. But I feel like it gave this opportunity. It's like the whole world became the temple and we can mm. choose whether we broke our heart open to it and faced it yeah. or we could bury it down. And what I noticed, at least in my friendship groups and and the friends that I had differing opinions with in particular or acquaintances, mm. like you say, yeah. I probably call people friends really loosely. I met you once and now we're best friends. Um, but, yeah, was that it was that difference between are you willing to be vulnerable and yeah. face what this really means and also face the consequences of whatever you choose because there were consequences both ways. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you obviously people with different values and in or prioritizing different values made different decisions. Yeah. Um, or different opinions on their different values. <laughs> Whatever. But um I feel like I'm butchering this a little bit. But but yeah, what I noticed in my friendship groups was that regardless of what decisions people made about vaccinations or about keeping or letting go of their jobs or all of those different like health decisions that were being made, career decisions that were being made house decisions that were being made there are a lot of huge decisions that people were forced to have yeah forced to make um what I noticed is that the people who are willing to be vulnerable regardless of their circumstances regardless of their opinions regardless of what they believed was right I was able to stay connected with yeah even if we believed completely separate things and made completely different decisions Mm. if they could be vulnerable with me and I could be vulnerable it worked out yeah but the people that weren't vulnerable and were more information focused or opinion focused or I'm right I need to show you how you're wrong yeah and they just had no flex there was no give on yeah um their opinions yeah yeah those people I just no (laughs) yeah it's like the humanness is sucked out of them because now it's it's just this means good, this means bad. It's very black and white, but it's very much not. Yeah. It's yeah. very much not. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was certainly interesting and, yeah, seeing how people act now towards other decisions with vaccinations and stuff just seems so different to what it was pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, they seem a lot more, I think, forceful with opinions might be the word. Yeah. Yeah. What's been your experience with the boys? Because you've got two babies and you've <clears throat> gone through, maybe you could speak to it a little bit, you've gone through a huge transition just in your life personally <laughs> and your world since having Eli to having Noah. Like life is very different mm-hmm. um, as a family unit and as a family structure. And I mean that other than adding another small human. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like the chapter of life when Eli came, which is Elisa's first, and the chapter of life when you have Noah, yeah, really different. Oh, yeah. And you're really different. Like you've gone through your own mm-hmm. metamorphosis in that time. Um, yeah, how's can you speak to that a little bit and how maybe that's also impacted your journey with your boys as well? Yeah, so with Eli, we had just moved out to where we are now. So we moved from in town to a little kind of semi-rural estate, I suppose. Um, and so 
even doing that sort of regardless of anything else moving out from where everyone is or was kind of I guess ostracized us a little bit you sort of get left out of things and all of that um and then <laughs> um we had Eli in COVID times was that 2021 um so yeah we sort of went through a lot of pregnancy and all that kind of stuff without a whole heap of support um Luke was still working in the mines so he wasn't always home um but yeah and since having Eli and all of COVID happening we've got Luke works from home I well currently now don't really work no, it's just being his cute little self. Yeah, there's a painting yeah. above our heads for those who are listening, not watching. He's um, fascinated. He's very fascinated by it. Aren't you? It's an aerial photo of Rottnest Island. It is a very pretty picture. It is really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Hi. <laughs> but, yeah, so I think going through all of that and having to make decisions with Eli, you know, we really tested the waters of, do we want to continue vaccinating? Do we not? Um, and he got the first couple of rounds before we kind of went, this isn't for us. This doesn't feel right. Um, and going through those decisions when everyone around you is still kind of doing the normal things, it's, yeah, you do. You kind of feel really left out, I suppose. And you kind of have to get a lot of clarity on your decision so that, you can be strong in that um yeah because yeah, you know everyone's trying to sway your decision <laughs> one way or another and so I feel like through both boys we've gotten a lot more I guess mentally resilient towards external factors yeah um yeah I think both of us now don't really care much now for people's opinions and more if they're trying to, you know, shove them at us, not just have a conversation. But, yeah, we've found. <laughs> um, definitely found that we've got a lot more clarity on sort of where we're wanting to go and who we want to be as parents and just humans in general. It's interesting. Um, yeah, what do you think you want? Um, <laughs> the magical boobs yeah I love it because I feel like I'm just like this is my future like, this is what I'm going to be like on every call <laughs> yeah transmission um, and I like the invitation actually to slow down yeah it's, it's nice you don't have a choice with kids <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> if only he knew. Yep. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, they've been a great invitation to slow down. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Um, I felt that too, just in the like intentionally spending time with them and mm. it's funny every time I 
I'll have it in my diary and sometimes I still make the mistake of oh, I've double booked or which I've done today <laughs> I was about to say today yeah yeah like today um but for the most part I don't and um things have been a, I've been a little bit unsettled not being at home and I'm just mm-hmm. kind of realizing today how much that's impacted me and I haven't applied a new structure uh, yep. to resolve that yeah so I'm gonna sort that out tomorrow but um <laughs> Sorry for your ears. Brief baby interlude. Welcome back. Um and oh, he is now sleeping, so yeah, please don't start my cute. Um, I was saying about the boys, like I prioritize time for them, and I notice when I'm like stressing about stuff, or I'm looking at my to-do list, or I'm wherever. I always go, ah, I don't have time for that. And then I remind, I always say to myself beforehand because I don't want to get there and be resenting that I'm there. I want to get there and be there, yeah, and enjoy that I'm there because it's like my I love it and you would be you would know because you would see how happy I am when I'm there but yeah um I always remind myself that every time I go afterwards I'm always like as if I thought I was going to go anywhere else like as if I thought anything else was more important than coming and spending time with them yeah um and so then when I get in my I just call it getting in my shit, <laughs> getting out of my heart or when I'm contracted beforehand because I'm worrying about time or really we're talking about slowing down. Like I'm, It's like I want things to go faster. I want my projects to move faster. I want my to-do list to disappear faster. Yeah. That doesn't happen when you spend time with kids. In fact, usually the to-do list just gets bigger. <laughs> um, I remind myself that that's not actually the goal. Like The goal mm. is to spend time with them. And I want to yeah. be slow for that. So I love it. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and even then I notice that ripple effect through my world of like slow down, what actually needs to happen today. What actually is the priority today? It's not whatever in my mind I think it is. Because yeah. usually in my mind there's 3,000 things that have to happen. <laughs> you have all the open tabs. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, I never really had this conversation with you either. This is fun, <laughs> fun for me. You're obviously allowed to not answer anything if you don't want to, but um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that process with Eli of going through that change of opinion with vaccinating him because I think, A, a lot of the stuff that I see shared about it is really do or don't hardcore and it yeah. doesn't and it's very opinion filled rather than here's why here's my story of how I yeah. came to my own truth you know and I'll listen to anyone's story about how they came to their truth whether I agree with their truth or not <laughs> because it's again there's a vulnerability and there's a connection yeah. in that yeah and there's a humanness to it that I can still relate to and there's always a benefit from relating yeah. with another human um because I my personal, I guess, opinion or feeling 
is that when I'm pregnant or when I have my children, I do want to have home births. Um, and I've wanted to do that for a really long time. But but when it comes to vaccinations, I've just always had this sense that when they're born, I'm going to know if any of it's true for them. Yeah. And I just feel like their spirit will talk to me. And I actually think that people in my life would hear me say that and go, yeah, that's what Ellie would do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, <laughs> to be honest. Um, so I've never even thought about if people disagreed with me. I'm just like, whatever, that's how I rule my world is through intuition. Mm. But um, that's not, I think, well, maybe it's becoming more of your world coming from that intuitive place. But what was, yeah, what was it like for you? I remember like bits of it, but yeah. Yeah. So Eli, we had two very different experiences with both boys. Um, both good experiences, but different. Yeah. So Eli, we had private health at the time. So we ended up having him at the private hospital in Bunbury, which we had a great experience with that. Um, not having to worry about meals and having everything done for you for a few days was yeah. magic. <laughs> um and but that was your vision, right? It was your vision to have a hospital birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was our first time. We didn't know what we know now. We weren't as, like, I guess, empowered in choices and stuff like that. Um, but still, we thought we haven't have him at hospital. If the worst case happens, we're sort of covered. Yeah. Um, worst case did not happen. We had a pretty long labour, but still got to have him naturally and all of that, which is what I really wanted um straight away we had he got the vitamin k um and then we did yeah we declined the hep b i think is one of the first ones they want to give them um that just always seemed weird to us we didn't have any connections where we would be worried about that happening um so that one was pretty easy to be like no (laughs) um but, yeah, and even at the hospital they do this um, heel prick test. I cannot for life me remember the name of it. Um, but they do that, I think, the second day or something, and it's honestly awful. Um, you got to hold your baby while they're crying and they're trying to prick the heel to get blood out of them. Ugh. It is not pleasant. Um, but, yeah, we got that because we didn't know any different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, even that this time around we haven't ended up getting because we decided we didn't want to or need to what's Um, the sorry to interrupt you but what's the perceived benefit of the heel prick test uh i can remember it screens for some other diseases or issues probably isn't the right word but i'm struggling for the word um but yeah screens for some other ones that will come up yeah and i think they keep it for a couple of years as well um or i get sent to perth yeah, I think it's sent to Perth and they keep it for a few years. Right. Um, but, yeah, but there were no no signs with um, Noah of anything that would pop up. So, yeah. It wasn't with Eli either. We just had no idea. It was kind of like, oh, okay, this is happening on this day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll deal with it. No. Um, yeah, so now that knowing what we know now, we wouldn't have got it with Eli either. Um but yeah, vaccination-wise, so we had the vitamin K straight away, um, declined the hep B, and then we ended up getting his, I think it's six week, is the first lot. Um, we sort of went, you know, we, Luke and I both had the full schedule growing up. 
we've been fine as far as we can tell. Um, so we're like, yeah, we'll we'll start getting them um, and see how we go with it. And you know, we can stop at any time. So um, yeah, see what happens. So we got the first lot. We didn't really notice any side effects or anything. A little bit sooky that day, I think, and that's about it. Then this is all when I think the rallies were just starting to happen in Bunbury, the Freedom Rallies. Yes. Um, so yeah, we started going along to those not long after, I think, that first round. And then we ended up getting, I'm going to say it's 12 weeks. It might be eight. I think it's 12 was the next lot. We got that. So it's just a repeat of what they get the first time. Yeah. Um, and, again, we didn't really notice anything. I think he might have been a bit hot or something that afternoon. That was about it. But then when the next ones came along, I started feeling like I just couldn't bring myself to book the appointment. Mm-hmm. That was the biggest kind of red flag for me intuitively. It was just like I could not pick up the phone to book it. Mm-hmm. Something in me was just like, don't, don't do it. Um, and we got talking to a lady at one of the Bunbury rallies. She came up to us um, and she asked us. So Eli's got what they call a stalk mark on the back of his um head head slash neck um yeah they call it the stalk mark and it's you know they tell the tale that when the stalk drops the baby off that's a little mark that gets left there and it's just one of those like kind of birthmark things this lady came up and she said oh i just noticed that your son has that um so does mine and he got horrendously vaccine injured um i think he was non-verbal um really like quite high on the spectrum um yeah, and she was like, my whole life changed after he had the, must have been like the 12 months or 18 months or something. They have, which one is it, the MMR? Mumps, measles, measles, <laughs> measles rubella. Um, yeah, I think it was that one. And since then, it completely changed her son. And I think that might have been the one that I was starting to struggle with. And I was like. I can't bring myself to want Eli to get this. Um, yeah, so the more we kind of spoke with her, we were like, okay, I'm glad I haven't booked that appointment. And sort of since then, so basically the stalk mark referring to that um, is a sign that the kids have this gene called the MTHFR. <laughs> now, quite a mouthful. Um, but basically this gene, really basically, um, it makes people more susceptible to being affected by things like vaccines or additives in food um, all that kind of stuff which we have actually noticed with Eli if we give him something like even sugar something really sugary he just goes up his trolley (laughs) and he's already a pretty full-on kid Um, so yeah (laughs) we're trying to avoid that so yeah the thought of if we keep going with this schedule we could really stuff up what's going on there um yeah Noah's got the same marks so it was sort of a no-brainer for us not to give him a single one um but yeah so birth wise with Noah we had a totally different experience there too we had the home birth um with a midwife who was very on board with our views which was awesome um so yeah we didn't end up getting vitamin k with Noah because we kept him um attached the placenta longer um and so he got more of his blood where Eli we did have the um delayed cord clamping but in hospital it's like two minutes whereas Noah was attached to it for 
good hour or two, I think. I kind of lost track that morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've declined everything with him and he's been absolutely fine and he's growing tremendously. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so with the vaccines and everything, it was it was a feeling originally. It was yeah. that don't do it, um, but then solidified when we spoke to that lady and there were plenty others there with a very similar story yeah. that their kid was fine and then it, however many months or after this vaccine or that one, they weren't the same. Um, yeah, more stories than there should be. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, I've, I'm crying. <laughs> I just looked and I was like, what? <laughs> doesn't take much does it I should know you by now um, yeah <laughs> I don't know why if I make it up um I just think it's crazy that like I, I started to get emotional when you talked about that mum and I remember oh. actually I really remember I don't know if it was you or Luke I remember one of you telling me about it because yeah. I knew it was the MMR that yeah thing, so I remember bits of it yeah um, I remember that story and you guys meeting her Oh, um, she made me cry when she was telling us I was crying. Yeah. Like, oh, it was heartbreaking. It is. And it's, yeah. And again, mm-hmm. it's a mirror, right? How many people um, were vaccinated for COVID in the last couple of years, believing that that was right for their health and then coming to regret it. And yeah. that's, again, that's not me throwing my opinion, saying that no one should have done it and whatever. People have their own paths. I have a lot of friends who chose to get vaccinated. And yeah, that's and it is each of their own. That's cool. very much so. Yeah. If that's a risk that you're happy to take, power to you. Yeah. If that's, yeah, if you are making that from an empowered place that, yes, I want to do this. Yes, it is my choice, not I'm being forced or coerced or I'm going to lose this or that. Yeah. That's what I take a lot of issue with. Um yeah yeah it kind of makes me laugh because covid created a lot of anti-vaxxers yeah it did i want them yeah yeah. (laughs) i definitely want them yeah and it's interesting because it's kind of highlighted a greater kind of like a it's not secret and maybe it's like more far removed from me because i'm not a parent so i'm not going through that experience Mm. yeah and i also have a pretty unique lifestyle of being at home as well so yeah i'm a parent I'm not going to be looking for daycare and stuff like that, but it just kind of highlights to me this, I want to say like this other pandemic of like parents having to vaccinate their children yeah. to get support in raising them. Yeah. Um, and again, I think, you know, if you need to get, if you're, if it's true for you or you want to get, or you need to have daycare or you need, you want your children to go to school. Mm. Great. Let that be available to you but it's that similar thing of the condition for them to go. Yeah. And that's why we're really lucky and privileged that we both work from home. So we don't have to worry about daycare and all that kind of thing. Um, Schooling, I believe you can still, they can't really stop kids going to school from what I can gather. They can't kind of withhold education. Yeah. Um, Might be different for like private schools because it's private. It's not government run, but I think, and I could be very wrong, um, but I'm, I think schools have to allow kids in. There might be like some kind of caveat there, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I see it. Daycares, they definitely run by those rules. They can't, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's wild. And I think the grief for me is 
Like I have complete faith that those parents are doing the best that they can. Oh, absolutely. With what they are told and taught and what they're learning. And honestly, a lot of parenthood is rock and a hard place. Like damned if you do, damned if you don't have choices. Yeah. Makes it really hard. So yeah. Yeah. And that some of those choices have such huge consequences or potential consequences. Yeah. Um that's wild. (laughs) Again, like that's the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Lots of decisions. Yeah. What was um it like deciding to have a home birth? Like what was that? It was a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. It was a no-brainer. Um yeah, the more I got listening to um a certain podcast. Can I plug another podcast? Sure. Yeah, it's totally yeah. different. Um The Great Birth Rebellion. Cool. Wicked yeah. podcast. Um, you're right, Bubba. Keep sleeping. Um, yeah, they're really they're evidence based, but we'll look at the greys. We'll look at the shades of grey and look at it in a non-opinionated. Here's the facts. Make your decisions. Um, but they're very much for home birth and for having midwives over doctors and that sort of thing because birth isn't an illness. Pregnancy isn't an illness. Yes. Yeah natural (laughs) it is what it is women know how to birth and midwives of for the most part I'm very generalizing here um but for the most part they do all the work anyway having one at home in our own safe space just felt right and it was the best experience yeah it really was um yeah and someone was in a rush anyway so (laughs) yeah you're looking hungry again. There may be more crying in a second. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, no, we loved the home birth. As I said, our hospital experience was really good. Um, but if we'd done Eli over again, we would have had a home birth the first time too. Yeah. Um, I think there's something to be said for, like, the hospital birth was the best birth that you could have had with Eli as who you both were then, yeah. like you and Luke, and yeah. this birth with Noah was the best birth that you could have had as who you were when he came into the yeah. world. Yeah. You know, definitely. Like, which is beautiful and it's actually really different to a lot of women's stories. Yeah. But that's what yeah. you've created is I find it really inspiring. Mm. I think it's really cool. But same thing, like we we got educated on what we wanted, what our options were, what we could say, well, you could say no to anything and everything um but yeah knowing what potential consequences are of saying no to this that and the other and um even our midwife like choosing her due to her stance on vaccinations and stuff had we had to go to hospital she couldn't be our midwife right because of those vaccination laws which is crap yeah (laughs) um but yeah even knowing that we just had faith that the home birth was right and that it would yeah the universe would <laughs> sort it out for us and we got very lucky that yeah everything went to plan and pretty much how we found it coming out actually <laughs> <laughs> probably quite similar to how you sounded too i think so yeah <laughs> hi darling hello 
Um, you haven't talked about it much, and I don't know if you want to, so tell mm -hmm. me if you don't. Mm -hmm. um, but what were, were there any particular moments of challenge or highlight during your birth that you could reflect on and share with us? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about you. It's bloody. I'm not going to do that. I don't think so. No. Okay. Um, most of it was highlight to be honest um so with Eli I ended up I got to have him naturally I did end up having the gas um when I got to transition I started to kind of lose it we'd been going for 20 something hours at that point <laughs> um so I ended up having the gas with him just to kind of send me back to breathing and get me through it and for a birthing muggle is or muggle that's probably not the right word someone who hasn't given birth yet is the gas just more oxygen or does it have is there something i think it's just more it? oxygen yeah I, again could be wrong i was kind of just like i'll take it yeah but there's something um, about the gas like it doesn't cross the placenta is correct. that right yeah yeah okay yeah whereas everything else to whatever extent does cross the placenta and can mess with them so yeah yeah, that was one thing I was I very much didn't want an epidural, didn't want any other yeah. interference. Um yeah, so I ended up having that with him, which I was happy with. I needed it. Yeah. I was kind of every contraction I was getting to, I was shaking my head and going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't want it to come. Um yeah, and so I definitely needed it. Um with Noah, I found it a lot easier to center in on my breathing and actually control it. Yeah. Um I'm someone who I've always kind of prided myself on breathing. <laughs> I'm a singer. I know how to breathe. Um, but, yeah, when it came to birth, I kind of got a big shock then with Eli. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I don't know how to do this as well as I thought. Um, but, yeah, with Noah, I think just knowing what was coming was the big mm -hmm. thing. I kind of knew what to expect. To an extent, every birth is different. But, yeah, I kind of knew what was coming and I knew how to control it a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I found that really cool. And even when I, we ended up having a water birth as well. Um, almost missed it because someone was in a hurry, but we got there. Um, so once I was in the pool and really having those big contractions, my midwife was able to coach me through it, not from a push, push, push point of view, but like, tell me, breathe this way to get through this contraction. And, um, yeah. And having that kind of guidance was really nice it was really good so I didn't find it as mentally challenging this part of um, yeah that was good other than hi <laughs> hello darling you want to tell your birth story too yeah <laughs> it's pretty special <laughs> um other than You've done it before, so you know you can do it, and now you're in your own space. Yeah. That must bring a sense of comfort. Oh, yeah. All of those things. Um, was there anything else that contributed to the second one feeling you know, easier, less challenging? Um, I think having full faith in the midwife, you know, having a private midwife, you see them, well, for a start, you see him once 
I think it was once a month in the beginning and then you know, by the end of pregnancy you see them every week you get a really good relationship with them so like Eli I was in the midst of pushing and they had shift change wow <laughs> and I could still remember I don't remember the names of them but I remember them coming up and whispering to me and saying we're just having shift change like this is new we've wiped such and such and I was yeah in the midst of these insane contractions and I'm just thinking I don't care who's behind me right now <laughs> just yeah. let me do my thing um they were lovely about it don't get me wrong but I just thought I don't care I, I don't remember anyway just yeah. whoever's back there is back there um let me do my thing whereas this one there is one midwife she's most of the time she's just chilling yeah just filling out whatever she's got to fill out doing the thing checking in every now and then check blood pressure and that sort of thing but she just leaves you alone and it yeah. just it makes you feel safer because they're not constantly up in your grill um I didn't get one VE one vaginal exam not one um where women think they have to have one every time you know the midwife or something comes and checks on you and it's just so unnecessary and interrupts a normal physiological birth yeah um so yeah, definitely knowing all of that and having that was such a comfort. And so it shows that when your body is safe, when you are safe, it yeah. happens. It happens as it should. Um, again, not always. I'm generalising, but for the most part, yeah, it should just go quite smooth. Yeah, and that's been your story, right? So yeah. you can generalise yourself as much as you want. And I've got to give Luke credit. He's a fantastic birth partner. Yeah. <laughs> He's a really calming presence there. And he got to come in the pool and catch Noah and pass him to me. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was actually, <laughs> I don't know if we've told you this bit, but oh, it must have been a, I think Eli had gone. Um, we decided not to have him there because he would just want to swim in the pool. And yeah, he's a water baby. Yeah, I think he was just a little bit too young to, for us what was going on. So he left around midnight. Um, but I think it like just before that, Luke had the guitar out. <laughs> I was showing him a couple of things. <laughs> so that kind of just shows how kind of chill it was in the lead up. Yeah. Luke <laughs> just cruising. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't think we told you. <laughs> I haven't really asked you much about it because, like, we were so honoured to be there the day of his birth mm. to come meet him and see Eli in that glow of, yeah. baby. <laughs> and all of you, you know, to be able to be there and share in that. Mm. To me, it's so sacred. And, yeah, my, I guess, perspective on birth is that it's I kind of see it like similar to when you go on a medicine journey like it's you're like in this other world and you're having this otherworldly experience yeah. and it changes your brain and it's big and and emotional and tiring and so taxing and expansive yeah that I really have a lot of reverence for you choosing the right time to share about it and for some people, yeah. they'll want to do it immediately and that helps them yeah. land back in their body and arrive. And for other people, and I think I'm also one of those people, I need a few days to digest when I go through <laughs> big things. Like, yeah. And I haven't gone through birth yet, but even if I've 
going on a, a mushroom ceremony <laughs> going on a mushroom journey for eight hours or something someone could say how was it and I'd be like I don't know ask me next week like I'm <laughs> still coming back together you know yeah um I imagine birth being kind of like 10 100 times that <laughs> and yeah I don't I just have a lot of reference for it so it's not yeah. a that I want to like poke around in yeah yeah Yes, it's definitely easy post-birth to kind of overdo it on visitors and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I remember with Eli, I felt quite overwhelmed sometimes in that first, probably first couple of weeks, we had a lot of visitors yeah. where I guess that's when it came in handy because they definitely were the same <laughs> which was sort of blessing in disguise. Yeah. Um, yeah, but also second time around, you know, you're a lot better at holding boundaries. Yeah, and being like, no, I don't want to visit it today. Or yeah, okay, time to go. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot easier to kind of tell people where you're at. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember being so shocked because that that reverence and like sacred view that I have of birth is the same yeah. has been the same for both of the births, and I remember being shocked being invited to come see him so the yeah. first time yeah and then I remember getting there and you were so relaxed I don't know if you were like <laughs> getting these waves of oxytocin like post-birth post-birth or... is pretty good <laughs> yeah and you were so chill and he was just wrapped up right next to you and you were like want to hold it and I was just shocked and I was there with mom and obviously mom was like yes and ran over oh, like a lightning bolt <laughs> um but I was so shocked I didn't even have time to respond <laughs> because I was really just honored to be there yeah not yeah like being there was sacred to me let alone holding him (laughs) and I had this whole I guess when you guys were pregnant I'd gone down this rabbit hole of how do I support pregnant people (laughs) like how do I support the family and all the information was kind of like um you know ask mum what she wants do I go hold her baby maybe she wants to hold her baby maybe I'm not much of a cook but I could bring it <laughs> or like do some dishes or put some laundry on yeah you know like there's yeah. other things that are more helpful that you can do but um it's been interesting even this time I mean we've given you guys food and really appreciate it have to yeah have to give props to my wife for a lot of that I'll come buy the food I'll invest in the food Credit where it's oh, due. Yeah, credit where it's due. It's, you are better off me not cooking. <laughs> I wouldn't put you through that anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think, and maybe it's also different because now there's two and so you've had, mm-hmm. like, Eli is a really active child, loves running around. and Yeah, does um, not nap. <laughs> yeah, and usually it's more like, actually, can you please just spend time with Eli and that's what yeah. you guys want. Yeah. But, what I've really learned, um, supporting any women of the womb as they become mums is actually asking you what you want is more more beneficial than trying to learn about it. Yeah. Because even trying to learn about it and I was getting all these like woke opinions of like, don't go hold the baby, do this, support her, da da da, da. Yeah. It was like none of them actually said, just ask her. Yeah. Just ask because every mum's different. Yeah, and I even noticed that with 
some mums where I'll go, oh, do you want help changing or do you want me to hold them while you do that or do you want me to clean it? Sometimes they get pissed off that I'm seeing them as less than capable and they don't want that help. And yeah. sometimes they're like, yes, please take my child. Like, yeah. It's And I think even on a different day in the same week, you would respond differently. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, yeah. I know I've had moments where someone's offered to like clean something or do something kind of in my head, I'm just like, I can do it. I'm not incapable. And you yeah. kind of really got to step back and go, they're just offering help. Like, take the damn help. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, you can. It can be really easy to get caught up in that, like, you've got to be not so much perfect mum sort of thing, but you've got to be on top of it. Yeah. It's really hard to kind of let go and go, okay, no, I do need help here. Yeah. I yeah. think there is, like, a societal thing of you got to be perfect and you got to be on top of it. Yeah. And I always think of... We know obsessed with the past a little bit, like period, like medieval kind of past. Yeah. Um, and it's not all good. <laughs> but um how those families, like they never raised their children by themselves, whether they were peasants or whether they were the rich. None of them did it alone. Mm. The peasants had to help each other because of circumstances and they yes. had to. And the the wealthy had to have help they and just the help in the world. all the help in the world you know maybe too much help but and too much separation from their children yeah but you know like just that reference point of togetherness and I'm not saying that was a particularly functional society but <laughs> um they did it together they yeah were. and our society is like no this is my house and these are my babies and I will be all the hats yeah and I will wear all the hats and yeah take care of all of it and yeah but I think yeah. going back to sort of what we were saying earlier, like everyone's always really busy. Like yeah. everyone's always got so much to do. It's really hard when you're in that, especially the very early motherhood stage where time sort of means nothing to you. Yeah. And reaching out and asking to help from someone who's still working, who's still doing all the things, you don't want to be a burden to them. Even though logically, you know, you wouldn't be. They're more than happy to help. Yeah. But, yeah, taking yourself away from that. Oh, they're too busy. Um, and it, it is very easy to think that everyone is too busy yeah because it sort of feels that way sometimes it's kind of the world that yeah. we're in and I, it's interesting how I don't know if this is the case for you but I imagine roles reversed you'd be like yeah of course I can get you that when I go to the shop yeah yeah of course I'll yeah absolutely do dishes. of course yeah of course yeah. I'm here like yeah but when it's us and it's our turn to receive or it's like we're the one in in the vulnerable position because it's vulnerable. So yeah. Go, hey, I'm struggling. Or hey, I, I'm tired. Absolutely. I can't keep up with all of this. Um, it's yeah. And being seen as vulnerable, yeah, is hard. Yeah. Especially yeah, in that it's like I've got to take care of these humans. I can't be vulnerable. I can't be not onto it because they're relying on you. So yeah, it's a funny one. But if you do want to support women, ask them. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes they might say, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do, in which case cook them something. Yeah. That right. is generally the easiest sort of way to support. At least um, if you ask and they say, I don't know, they can start thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think before that, like, it opens that communication to be like, oh, this person wants to help me. Yeah. What would actually feel good to get help with? Yeah. So, Yeah. It's a really, uh, it's very different, but it's also kind of mirrored with like having a business and asking for help. Yeah. I really resonate <laughs> with that. If someone else is like, help, I'd be like, yeah, 
<laughs> when it's me, I'm like, nah, I'm through it all. Uh, yeah, it's a similar <laughs> death that I've gone through, that I continue to go through. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's incredible. What's your, oh, actually, before I completely change the subject to start wrapping us up, <laughs> um, I also just want to add, maybe probably for our listeners' sake, but I'm sure you'll have gold to add to, that not just asking you and the mother what you need but also the second parent oh yeah definitely and supporting there and that's been yeah I mean well Luke's my brother so that's probably maybe I probably speak to Luke a little bit more than I speak to you anyway but Mm. like I it's been really cool asking both of you and both of your answers have been different other than food (laughs) (laughs) that's the easy you can Um, always guarantee the answer would be food for me yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, but I just I think it's been really nice even. I actually love it. It's funny on the other side of it, like when I've messaged and said, Hey, can we bring anything? And you go, actually, yeah, can you get this? I'm like, fuck yeah, like I can help. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a nice feeling to be able to bring whatever it is. Yeah. To be able to give. Yeah. It's really nice. And I feel like I'm giving to all four of you. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. No, we definitely appreciate your support, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. What's um yeah, what's anything that you would share about like your so say your support person, Luke? <laughs> <laughs> um, like what's been something that he's done that's really supported you in this time? He's really big on. <laughs> I'm trying to think how to word it. On making sure that I look after myself. Yeah. He's always asking, like, do I need a break, even if it's to go check the chooks or something like that, or like get in the gym, anything like that. Um, he got me to write him a list of things that I like enjoy doing that kind of refill my cup. It's very easy to get in the trenches and, you know. The kids always come before you no matter what. Um, so, yeah, it's very easy to kind of neglect yourself. And so he's he's been really good at asking what I need. <laughs> I Which, yeah, it's been really, really helpful. Because I definitely need the reminder too. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember coming out one day to, to hang out and I was like, do you need anything done? And you were like, I'm just going to go out to the chooks. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes like someone comes over and I'm like, I'm outside. Yeah, <laughs> come get me if you need me. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it's like time for you to just be in nature, I guess. Yeah, I was just having a break. Yeah, you know, at the moment, Eli's going through the quite terrible twos, yeah. and so he's been very whiny, especially the last couple of weeks. And it's like, this ain't quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't get a lot of that with you two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay. So to try and wrap us up, I just saw the time. Um, to oh yeah. <laughs> oh well. Um, we're on baby time. Yeah. <laughs> to bring it back to women in the womb. Yep. Um, and yeah, that experience. I guess. What's your 
what's been the gold of that whole experience your best takeaway or your best like you mentioned feeling beautiful and powerful maybe that was it but yeah what's been your takeaway of being part of this art and being invited to be a part of it I think my gold from it was to be around more women (laughs) um yeah, I think I had the warm fuzzies for the next month after being in that group. <laughs> it was just so awesome. Um, yeah, be around more women. Yeah, <laughs> the community. Yeah. yeah, it was. I found it was really cool too, because we had women of all different ages and walks of yeah. life, and yeah, it was really. Um, yeah, women of the women, lots of different ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's a beautiful takeaway. Okay, the question I've been asking everybody is, what's your favourite song? Ooh. I think so far, Temple of Lilith. Yeah. It gets stuck in my head. It's so patchy. Yeah. Temple of Lilith. It surprises me what everyone says. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, can you please... <laughs> Is that your favourite song? Yeah. Gosh, you're cute. You're so cute. <laughs> um, <laughs> you staring at me. How can people come find you if they want to connect with you? Um, would it be okay if, you know, mums who are going through similar things sent you a message or Absolutely. reached out? Um, yeah, where's the best place for people to reach out? And um, So... I suppose professionally, um, I've got my Facebook page, Elise Louise Music. Um, that's where you can keep up with whatever gigs I'm doing. Um, for those who are local in the southwest, I'll be doing music lessons um, in a couple of weeks from home. So if that calls to anyone, hit me up. Um, otherwise, my Instagram is just Elise Lou. Um, yeah, Elise Lou. I'll tag all of them. I'll tag the podcast you mentioned earlier. I'll tag the um, Facebook page. I'll tag your Instagram. Awesome. Um, and yeah, music lessons is awesome. Elise is a beautiful musician. We didn't even really talk about that today. <laughs> so I'll have to have you back to talk about your music world. But um, yeah, definitely reach out to her. And um, thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. They're really special. We never actually just sit down and talk. So <laughs> yeah, we don't. Hey. Yeah, we like incidentally do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I love you. I love you. We love you. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this special episode as part of the Temple Calling album series. My entire album is set to drop on November 10th. However, the first two singles, Temple of Lilith and Rebel Rose, are out on all platforms right now. On November 11th, 2023, I will be hosting my very first joint album and book launch in the beautiful Ferguson Valley in Western Australia. Look to the show notes to see the Facebook event or get your tickets and come immerse yourself in the magic of live music performance, cacao ceremony and artistic expression with the most beautiful Heart First community. I'd love to see you there and I hope this episode made your day magical.